it's like, you know, when you go to the lawyer, you know the clock is ticking no matter how stupid your questions are or, you know, it's just, you know, the clock is ticking. There's no mercy. And at the end, you have to pay. It's always felt like in agencies, the clients find need, they want to find ways around that, that creative work. It's very hard to set prices on creative work and oh, why can't you do that? Or why is that not included? Or we, but we need this. There are all these discussions about the relative value of design. I could envision could be really fantastic would be if you got into a relationship where you had a mutual understanding of the vision and the goal and that your contribution to this vision and goal, no matter if it's critical questions or if it's design work or if consultancy, whatever, is the measurement that's put towards the price that or whatever you pay at the end. I think that could be a fascinating concept. Pia Betten links design thinking to business. Originally from Denmark, Pia's 20-year career spans brand development, corporate design, design research, innovation, and communication. Her international client portfolio covers private companies from many different big industries like Lego, Bosch, Bang & Olufsen, and Carlsberg. In this episode of First Things First, we talk about the challenge of growth, the challenge of change, and the challenge of design thinking. I was not interested in design at all. I was a very idealist and I didn't want to do anything commercial. I wanted to save the world. And I thought design would be a better place to save the world than commercial design. My father was a typesetter and um, I was interested in art. And he said, you've got to earn some money. And then he made sure I got a job in a design agency. At that time, I didn't know it was actually a conglomerate of some of the most um, well-known Scandinavian designers who had decided to set up a team together. And that shaped my career totally because I just thought it was, I was passionate about design after that. I worked there for three years and I learned so much from these people who must have been at that time now my age. They were all architects, industrial designers, graphic designers, with great achievements. One thing I learned was to actually draw a typeface by hand. I learned how to measure, you know, in, do industrial design and how to set up a sketch and how to turn it, how to work with metal, how to work with wood, sort of just very hands-on skills. I got headhunted to Meta Design in Berlin, which was why I moved from Copenhagen to Berlin. And in Berlin, I became a junior designer. I was... Um, at that age, young, because I had not studied like most of the other designers. And I was just doing it. Nobody asked me about my background. They liked my work. They liked my portfolio. And I just got thrown right into the projects. And then I took it from there. At that time, Meta Design grew from, I was employee number 12. And when I left 11 years later, I was employee number, there were 250 employees and I was one of the partners. What was the experience of growth? What was it like to be in a firm that kind of a company that changed that much in that, in that time? It was exciting and painful. It was painful because we lost some of our edge, some of our courage. At that time, Berlin was um, a place where techno flourished and sort of 
radical German graphic design that was pretty challenging, edgy. And as we grew bigger and had to, you know, cater for more people and take on bigger projects from enterprises rather than from small, courageous organizations, I think we lost something in design quality there. But we gained in strategic knowledge and strategic skills. I remember working for Audi for seven years, uh, recreating their um, brand. And at what point they said, well, we're not going to continue working with you if you don't have a strategist in place. And that for us was a turn because our culture didn't really embrace strategy at that time. And there's something for me really interesting in the idea that losing edge, with scale you lose edge. Why do you think that happens? Because you need to be more focused on consensus you know, you're less likely to take an idea or an obsession from one person and just follow that through. So how did things evolve from there? Well, that evolved because Eric left Meta Design. That was a very, it was not very easy for him because that was his, created basically all his life. And he started up again very small. He called it United Designers and it was not even a um, company. It was just a you know, a group of freelancers sharing a room. And then that grew and uh, it became Speakerman and Partners. And in um, 2008, Speakerman Partners um, merged with a big Dutch design company called Eden Design. That time in Amsterdam with several hundred people became Eden Speakerman. And um, then... A year and a half later, the Dutch company almost went bankrupt and uh, became a small one. And in Berlin, we started growing and expanding. How would you describe, like, what are the kind of key challenges in starting a design company? I mean, what are the, in the early days, you know, there's a set of challenges and then you become a certain size and it's a new set of challenges and then you get bigger. For you, what were the big kind of key maturity points for the company as it goes? Because you've been through a couple that you've seen the growth over time. So is there anything in common with different stages of growth? Yes, I think there is. There are lots of patterns. Lots of time I've been thinking, hmm, seen this before. Well, in the years between Inspikerman and uh, Meta Design, I had my own business for seven years, a design consultancy that I ran together with a consultant in Denmark. And so that was a different path, but still there were some of the similarities in there. It's the critical mass of having a portfolio of clients that allows you to get the right portfolio of projects to get more of the projects and work that you would like to grow on. You know, it's going away from, oh, I have a relationship to this guy. I know this guy or they called us to being what is it that we really want to do and how can we shape our offer so that we get these kind of clients and do more of that work? This October 24th and 25th, come to Toronto and join Design Thinkers, Canada's largest annual graphic design conference. Design Thinkers speakers examine and discuss the trends, strategies, and processes that are driving our industry. Attendees have the opportunity to explore the evolving role of design and how it is creating meaningful impacts for business, culture, and social innovators. 
Design Thinkers is a must-attend event of the year for visual communicators. To learn more and register, visit designthinkers.com. Within that world, I mean, I think a lot of the reason that some design agencies are trying to kind of break beyond the, that business model of working for clients only is because there's this sense that, you know, there's something more like we, as designers, you know how to make interesting new things. And so why aren't you your own client? Mm. You know, would you say that you know, what, what does that experience teach you about that perspective? And did it change your perception on client work? I think the whole industry is, um, we've been discussing a lot what's our role in the future because a lot of enterprises have product development teams. And we have come to the conclusion that we need to be much more guiding. So we have this vision of guiding our clients into new areas that they cannot, with their product team, explore themselves, either because they don't have the culture for it or they don't have the resources for it. So we see us, which we think the way the development is going is to be more of the source of inspiration and new knowledge and just coming with an outside perspective, which is more than adding to what the enterprises can do them, doing the same as the enterprises can do themselves better than we can. Also, there is, it's a different culture to think about um, earning money on distribution. It's just it's a totally different mindset. Mm-hmm. If you think in a project, and which agencies obviously do, projects come to an end. If you have a good relationship, your clients come back to you. But it's sort of um, with the products, it's different because you have all these issues. They don't go away. It's different business. And uh, if we were to do it again, I think my learning would be we should have probably done a small subsidiary and built that culture of maintaining and distributing a product in a really good way instead of trying to mix it. We've had a lot of organizational models over the years and somehow all models seem to have some flaws. What we have is multidisciplinary teams, developers and designers and people who focus on content and consulting sit together and work together in what we call self-organized teams. But what happens is that if these teams work really well, they become such a strong entity that the clients seem to get out of focus a little bit, which is a dangerous development. It's totally understandable. But I think the challenge is to build high-performing teams who work really well together, but at the same time also work together with a client team. That's, for me, still a riddle where I cannot say that there is one easy solution to it. But part of what I think the culture needs to be is that um, everybody can contribute in whatever way they want to. So it's not like you cannot contribute to a design discussion because you're a developer or if you're a designer, you need to understand a little bit about code. You need to at least listen to discussions about code and have an understanding of of, uh, maybe code a little bit yourself. And this sort of, of respect and mutual curiosity, I think, is if you can do that internally, it can transfer to the collaboration with your clients, if the clients are open to it. Well, 
what are your thoughts on design thinking as an idea and you know what is it really about for you i think that design thinking has the big weakness is that it's very waterfally and that it can be very you know it can be complex first you've got to do the research and then you've got to define the problem and then you can ideate and then you can prototype what we have been spending time on and what i hope came across is that design thinking is more of a mindset that you can apply anywhere also in an agile process because agile processes are made to speed up product developments and uh, work your way through implementing features as fast as possible and so for a non-designer a waterfall is really a sequential set of steps to get to a final to a solution whereas agile is a more of a nimble process that's more responsive to situations and more about sprints and things like that is that mm-hmm Understanding how to juggle the two is um, what I find very powerful. I go into enterprises that have product teams and uh, try to, you know, throw a bomb by in their in their Scrum or Kanban or whatever workflows they have by just looking at what they're actually building and reframing the questions that they have around it. And to nail the design thinking down to what it's really about, it's is about getting out of your own bubble, finding good ways and and effective tools of looking at your own bubble in a new way and applying your knowledge quickly. And there are very very many bad design thinkers out there who have learned the tools but cannot do the thinking, and that's where. I think partly that design thinking gets its bad reputation from. And I don't know about about here, but in Germany, it was certainly that all organizations had to do it, all managers had to do it. And they didn't grasp, they just didn't have a chance to grasp the concept and to understand it really in full. And so they were left with all these half-finished processes that they didn't know how to follow up on, and it didn't have an impact and felt like a waste of time. And so if for you, if design thinking is working, what does the person on the receiving end, what do they experience? They experience a very fast and very effective way of um, analyzing a problem together and together developing solutions within an extremely short amount of time. And what would you say is sort of the critical differences between that process and say, you know, a more business focused process or that that you discard of certain details that you have different levels of abstraction that you can uh, work your way through, get back into the concrete that you can navigate in the, in the space between being very abstract and having a strategy and be very concrete in asking and answering the question. But what does that really mean? So if we say that in four years we want to do this and be this, what does that really nail down to? Not only in numbers, but in the changes, in the people, in the culture, etc. What I've experienced is that good work grows good work. So it's that extra mile that you go to make your projects, the projects that you have, more than just delivering on the brief. That's when people start talking about you. That's when you start becoming, and that's why partnerships are so important. 
I think that uh, a lot of designers discredit the fact that what we are, the business we're in is a relationship business. To learn more about Pia, follow her on Twitter at PiaBetton underscore. First Things First is produced by Max Cotter. Frontier Media is a part of Frontier, a design office based in Toronto, Canada. We believe that design is more than visual. It's a process of exploration, discovery, sketching, prototyping, iteration, and refinement. That process can help create a better world. Our mission is to help others understand how that goal can be accomplished. To do this, we use design to create better and more purposeful products. We publish a magazine and produce this podcast to explore and celebrate the risks people take in the process of creating things that are original and worthwhile. And we work with clients to help them define their purpose and tell their story. To learn more, visit www.frontier.is. First Things First is recorded in Toronto and Vancouver at the Design Thinkers Conference, organized by our founding partners at RGD, the Association of Registered Graphic Designers, who represent over 3,800 design practitioners, including firm owners, freelancers, managers, educators, and students. Through RGD, Canadian designers exchange ideas, educate and inspire, set professional standards, and build a strong, supportive community dedicated to advocating for the value of design.